Joyride podcast. John is my name. And Ian is my name. And welcome to December, everybody. The month of lockdowns and betrayal. <laughs> Definitely not the month of parties and quizzes, though. <laughs> no, no, no. You. I mean, one of the things I do have to think is that I think by December 2020, we'd all had enough of Zoom quizzes. You'd think so. I mean, you would think that's not a Christmas treat having another Zoom quiz. No, not with your dandruff spreading boss coming in and ask, asking a few questions. No, have you seen like, some of the pictures of those Zoom quizzes? Are quite weird because there's a security. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I can guess why this happened. But in the back, if you look at the top left of those photographs, there's security cameras covered in bin bags. Well, oh, apparently, oh, I've oh, seen I've seen another tweet which shows. Uh, a picture of the room during the daytime and it looks like that's just a curtain rail. All right. Apparently. Uh, well, the camera shaped thing rail. with a bin bag around it is a curtain rail. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send oh. you, I'll send you a picture later. Listener, you oh, can okay. look it up on Twitter. Uh, but apparently it is just, uh, uh, I mean, to be fair though, in most of my office, there are security cameras. You'd think yeah. there would be a few in Downing street, which would be able to, ascertain whether <laughs> well it's the idea that like we need to have a series of investigations about whether or not a party happened in Downing Street and you think there are security, I mean they were able to get security footage of Matt Hancock snogging that woman earlier yeah. in the year I mean there's a policeman that stands outside Downing Street 24 <laughs> hours a day, can I just ask him exactly, I mean I mean, what, what I hate is the idea that we can't trust the people that work in Downing Street just to kind of say did you guys have a party? <laughs> and they yeah. go, yeah, we did. Yeah. But I mean, okay. Boris, and, Boris during the parliament, during questioning this week in parliament, he was like, we're going to have an investigation to find out what happened with the party that may or may not have happened. It's like, why are you saying that? Like, it did happen. We know what yeah. happened. I know. We saw the video footage of Allegra Staten and the staff giggling about it. A hundred percent happened. There was no, but it annoys me because the BBC still talk about this alleged party. Like, stop yeah. saying alleged. It happened. There were, we know there was about, well, I don't know how many we're at now. Is it 12, 18? How many parties are we at now? It's some stupid number of parties that they keep uncovering. At least, for all we have slagged off Gavin Williamson, at least his department just said, yeah, we did have a party we shouldn't have. Sorry. And, uh, do you and know then, what? And then people moved on from that. People were like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. You're dafties. And then they moved on. It's the fact that number 10, as they always do, they've dug their heels in and be like, yeah, nothing happened to you. No, we didn't have a party. I know. At first they said, at first they were like, no, all the bees were, all the rules were obeyed. And then after the Allegro started, they were like, yeah, there wasn't a party. It's like, why, why are you lying about this? Like, why, with everybody, all the media, all the public now know that you're just lying. You're just lying about it. It's, it's so, it's so bewildering, especially that Gavin Williamson thing. I mean, I remember there was a lot of, um, obviously it's all social media fume and not real life fume, but there was a fair number of, tweets coming out saying oh stop mentioning the gavin williamson party we, you know it takes us takes the eye off the main prize but in actual fact like the department of education just like you say did the right thing they were just like yeah sorry um uh, and do you know what up and down the land i do not doubt 
that there were hospitals and schools uh, and all other manners of workplaces that people would have stayed behind after work to have a drink, you know, because you couldn't go and have a proper night out. So people got together and and had a bit of a drink and had a bit of a social gathering in a way they probably shouldn't have. Uh, But, I mean, what... Just just admit it. Just admit it then. And I think what it's like, but it's like it's all it is. It's it's like an echo of the Dominic Cummings stuff from last year, where they just couldn't admit that he like wanted to go on a day out. We got that stupid. I was testing my eyesight. Rubbish. And we're just. I bet you there's going to be some stories going to come out now that, like Carrie had some kind of social illness diagnosed that day, and Boris had to test that she was all right by arranging a cheese and wine party (laughs) for thirty people. The doctor actually said the best thing for Carrie right now is not to sit in isolation. Even though there is a lockdown, we actually recommend you bring 30 of your nearest and dearest, have some cheese and wine, and just try and see if you can loosen her social inhibitions. There'll be something stupid like that. Well, yeah, there'll be something, yeah. She'll be, do you know what? She'll be thrown under the bus, though. It'll be her fault. Of course it was. It it would be her fault that it all happened. I mean, I think it's one of the things that the, the problem is, isn't that necessarily, you know, that they had this, one party on December the 18th. I think what you brought up is how many parties were there. It was a cultural thing mm-hmm. where they could they could have a night out in Downing Street and it was fine. That's allowed. That's absolutely fine. Whereas, like I'm saying, is I don't doubt probably just coming up to Christmas, there would have been a few, in inverted commas, social gatherings um, at workplaces, but there would have been one of them. And it would happen but the, once. But the problem, the problem is that there are a number of people. They were saying the courts are still full of these cases. There are people yes. who are still having to fight these ten thousand pound fines they got for having social gatherings last Christmas. Yes, that's. I think that's the problem. Is that the public were fined. They were some of them were given criminal records and were you know given the equivalent of what we, what we used to call an ASBO for having social yes. gatherings this time last Completely. year. Completely. That's um, the problem, and I, I mean. Uh, there's also the fact that you've got all these people talking, and I, I don't. As much as I can't stand Boris, and I do hate the way this has happened, you then have all these other stories which you kind of have to like try and detach yourself from. You got all these people who lost loved ones round about that time, and they'll say that oh, on that night, I, you know, my mum passed away in a care home and I couldn't visit her, and that's horrific too. But I don't think that is the main problem. The biggest problem for me is just the brazen. We didn't have a party. It's like. Just admit you did. Just admit you're the party. Yeah. The other stuff is kind of this the other stuff is kind of slightly playing politics. I know that's what Boris always says, like, oh, they're just playing party politics, which is all he ever does. Mm. But it's just it's that brazen standing up in Parliament and just saying there was no party. Yeah. And then and then that whole like I was told that everything, you know, this happened, this happened. It's like it happened in your house. Yeah. Stop pretending like you didn't know. Like, you know exactly what happened. You must have okayed it for, for to have a gathering of thirty or forty people in Downing Street. The Prime Minister would have to okay that. It's and the thing is, on the same day, we then discover that his decoration that we talked about months ago that he said, <laughs> "I have no idea who paid for that. I don't know where that money came from." We then find out that he'd been asking for that money months and months before all that stuff came out. Yeah. And again, he brazenly stood up in Parliament and said, "I, I didn't. I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't. You know, I, I didn't ask for money." And he did. He did. And but no one cares. No one no. cares. I mean, we're, 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 we're obsessing on the fact that he had a party and the details of the party and the fact that all these people lost their loved ones. 
rather than just saying we've got a prime minister who just can't tell the truth. Like, yeah. I mean, we all expect politicians to fudge the truth. They do it. It's what they do when they, t- they say an answer. But Boris just brazenly stands up under oath and just lies. <laughs> just completely lies. And we and it's now got. I mean, that's. I don't know. It's not the lying that seems to be doing for him just now. It's just the fact that so many people had a crap Christmas last year. At his <laughs> instruction, his department, you know, his government told people to have a quiet Christmas, not to see loved ones, to do all these things, and they just ignored it. I think that's what's annoyed most people. It doesn't really because I, I wouldn't have bothered anyway. I'm not a particularly sociable creature. But I mean, it meant you and I were supposed to go to cinema last year. We were meant to meet up, and we couldn't. Yes. Do it. No, and I think I think the other thing as well is that. Me and you were talking about it this time last year, but also maybe when it came to October of 2020, was that every, he, particularly he, mm. was obsessed by Christmas. Yeah. He was obsessed by you. Everyone was going to have a decent Christmas. You were going to have a good Christmas. You were going to have the kind of Christmas that you could enjoy. We're going to do this, that, and the next thing to make sure you can enjoy that Christmas. So we'll, have a, we'll go into tears. So yeah, Manchester, you have to suffer tier three um all the way through october because you know we are gonna make sure that christmas we're doing it for christmas you guys and then we're gonna completely lock down all of november but that's okay because we'll have christmas everybody and then it's like ah we come out christmas actually we're going into tier three manchester again um you know and so he he did that thing where he was moving goalposts constantly so that you could have a good Christmas. And then at the last moment, he took Christmas away from Londoners particularly, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you couldn't meet up over, over the Christmas period because the, was it the Alpha variant? The original yeah, South right. African variant, as they were called it to begin with. But the Alpha variant came in down in the southeast of England. And so that went into tier four. Uh, in that Christmas week, which meant you couldn't meet anybody outside your household. Admittedly, that was before the Christmas parties, but, sorry, after the Christmas parties were held, those December the 18th ones anyway. But all of this was going on, and he was just ignoring all those rules. He was basically saying to his staff, from what we can understand, he might not have said it out loud, but he turned a blind eye at best, is, you guys can still have a fun Christmas We'll still provide you guys, you particular chosen few who happen to work for me, you can have a fun time. Yeah, maybe on Christmas Day you can't see your family, but, you know, you can stay here after work, you know, numerous nights and have, you know, drinks with everybody, not socially distanced, have a right old good time. Uh, And, you know, I'm not sure if we've ever discovered this. Do we know this? That... uh, were they considered essential staff? Were they given the vaccine early if you worked in Downing Street? I don't know. Probably. probably. We don't know. I don't think it's I mean, maybe disclosed. they don't. Maybe they weren't, and maybe that's harsh. But I think one of the things is that they, they got those privileges that mm. the rest of us, like you say, even if people did bend the rules or tweak the rules, they were at risk of getting a £10,000 fine. Yeah. And he, with impunity, let them do it. And but I it's think the... that, Yeah. It's it's what bothers me. It's the it's the danger aspect now. It's this the brazen attitude of last year. Is now obviously we're finding all these details about last year, and the problem is right now, the cases are on the rise. We've got the Omicron thing spreading across the country. You've got the doctors today saying if we don't take measures now, it's going to get really bad again, and you're going to be looking at thousands of people dying every day. But the public now, if you say to if Boris comes out and says, right guys, you can't have social gatherings. 
because of all this, they're going to be like, aye, right, very good. Well, just like you did last year. People are going to have certainly the Christmas days and the Boxing days that they want. It's going to happen. It's going to uh, happen. And and the problem is they've now backtracked the masks and all the stuff that they get. They they, they loosened up in August. They're now saying again, oh, you need to wear masks. You should wear masks. But from what I've read and watched on the, the news, like people are saying they're struggling with that now. Like hospitality is struggling because people are just not willing to do it. Yeah. Because they've, because they've had months of not doing it, and also because of all the stuff with the Boris parties. I mean, up here. It's totally different. I was at the cinema with my wife last night and we were standing outside. We'd, we'd been for some tea and we were about to go in the door and I was like, wait, where's your mask? And she couldn't find it. She, like, she was just wearing a kind of like a disposable mask, but she couldn't find it. She's like, oh God, I must have dropped it. So we went in and she kind of had her jumper up over her face and we got there and immediately somebody came over and said, oh, have you not got a mask? Hang on. And they went and got her a mask and they had like boxes of masks sitting at the counter. Right. They just gave her a mask. Everything was fine. And we were just saying, like, see, in England, I bet that wouldn't happen. You just refuse. You'd be like, no, I'm not wearing a mask. Why should I? Why should I? I've <laughs> not been I, wearing a mask for months. Why should Why should I start wearing a mask now? I mean, to be fair, I mean, I think there's the shops mask mandate has now been back in for maybe two or three weeks now. And Is it working? Yeah. Yeah. I That's mean, good. You're good. still up there. I mean, I walked through. It's funny because each, I think just as it's happened, each Saturday for the last three weeks, I've been up in my local shopping centre. Um a very sort of poor version of a shopping mall these days as a lot of towns in the north are but the first week I was up when the mask mandate had come in uh, there was I would say there was about 40% take up and then yesterday I was back in there and I would say we're up at 90% there's still a lot there's still people that aren't wearing them again I was in Tesco's today and I would again say that there's a there was no, over 90% take up. Um, That's good. I think people are much more, I think shops and I think shops and hospitality, it's not coming in hospitality yet. The theatres and cinemas now, or from next week anyway, will have to wear masks inside. Uh, but your normal hospitality, that's part of the, you know, the, the sort of the ridiculous. Um, are they still doing, I know this is kind of more like, this is more just admin for us, but are they still doing the thing in England with the cinemas where you can only, like, when you book a seat, you can't really sit beside people you don't know? Are they still doing that? Or do you not uh, know? I think so. I think, I think, yeah. I think they are still, they are still relatively socially distanced inside. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think, but if you go in a pub or a restaurant or anything like that, you don't need to put on a mask at any point uh, in England. Uh, so it shouldn't affect hospitality too much. Uh, shops is coming back in. I think the big thing will be, um, away from those things is going to be if they bring in a rule of six or if they bring yeah. in a, a you know a tier three style you can't have more than two households mixing together or something I think that that I mean I think personally speaking and again this is conspiracy theorist um, so forgive me but I think they were intending to bring in these restrictions that they brought in um, mm. this week I think they were going to bring them in on the 4th of January or 3rd well, of January. Well, that was, I've heard a number of political, it's not just you, I've heard a right. number of political analysts say the same thing, that these, a lot of these measures were, they had been mooted and they were pushed forward to try and take the attention away from all this party stuff. Yes. But it seems I, like the worst time, it's the worst time to be doing it when the trust in the government is lower than, I, I can't ever remember. And even, like people who are normally quite right-wing in their views and quite Toryish are criticising the government now. Like no, Nobody supporting the government. No. Apart from them, apart from themselves, 
Um, but even even then, I mean, they've got the other side of the argument is that the the vote that they're going to have on Tuesday, which I just thought was a nodding through, you know, they're mm. they're increasing the restrictions. It's just going to be nodded through. There was talk of between sixty and a hundred Tory MPs vote, voting against yeah. this, which so Labour could actually get it through for them, which more than likely will be the case. And I think that that I think that when you've got that, when you've got it from both sides, whereby you've got the the Tory party itself not wanting to put in more restrictions and then you've got everybody else saying you're only bringing these restrictions in to move the story along, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you've got, you're in a really difficult place. And I think that one of the things that we've lament, been lamenting the entire sort of 18 months we've been doing this podcast is that nothing seems to move the British public. They, they don't want to dislike him. It's almost like, do you know that way that, that you do sometimes is that you know you start watching a tv show and the the first episode's rubbish but you kind of think no i'm gonna stick with this and you get to episode five or six and you're like this is really bad but i've committed now i've committed and i'm gonna watch it all the way till the end of the series it was almost like the british public had done that with boris johnson through voting for brexit in 2016 they were like nah we're sticking with it now we're going to run this through till the end of the story. Mm. Uh, and maybe this is just the end of the story. Maybe this is well, the end of the story. When you get to the point where even Laura Kuntzberg is writing a piece and she said, is this the end of Planet Boris? She wrote a piece yesterday. Mm. And when you've got people, and she has been one, as we've many times mentioned, one of the biggest cheerleaders for him in the yes. media. When you've got people like her and the Daily Mail and the Express as well, they've all turned on him. The only newspaper that didn't turn on him was The Sun. They didn't mention the party stories. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Because the guy that is the sort of assistant editor of The Sun was one of the backroom staff that was involved in that press conference, that Allegra Staten press conference. So obviously, you... they, but I don't understand. Like, let's, just, let's not put the paper, the story on our paper as if people aren't going to hear that story. Somebody yeah. else. And it makes you seem a bit irrelevant as a, as a, as a newspaper. Uh, yeah. One thing I do have to say, and, I, and you know, there's, nerve, there's an element of misogyny about it, even though. I think, you know, when you've seen Allegra Stratton's career, you know, it's not something that I feel very sorry for or about. But I do think, again, that sense of hypocrisy, that sense of sac- using her as a sacrificial lamb when she was the one that didn't go to the party. Yes. She went home. Like, why is she yeah. resigning? She's the only one that I did know. the right thing. But, like, yeah. she was recorded. Like, imagine, you know, any workplace. I'm just thinking about our own workplace is once you've done something, you kind of make a joke about it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, and, uh, you know, and she was the one that didn't attend the party. He was the one that asked, the guy that asked the question that was there. Yeah. Like, why is he still in the job? I know. I know. I know. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I think the most revealing part of that, 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 that extract from the, the press conference was the moment where... Uh, I can't remember the exact word of the question now, was something like, does the Prime Minister condone this? Or something yeah, like that. She said, I don't know, what do we say? Yeah. She just goes like, she's like, I don't know, what is the right answer to that? She's which, mine, which suggests, she's mine okay? Yeah, so so do I outright lie and say, mm-hmm. you know, he does not condone this? Or do I try and give a form of words that suggests yeah. that he, he does condone it whilst at the same time giving him leeway to have actually been there or said the parties were okay, you know? And it's like, oh my goodness. You just, there was a, there was a poll, interestingly, um, 
some just random Twitter poll. It was Martin Lewis, you know, the mm-hmm. financial. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see that Twitter poll that he put on about? I suspect. Is this about the which prime minister you'd have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I bet I bet you for that the person who got no, the most I votes. Tony Blair. Yeah, why? Well, because Julie, my wife Julie, said to me like, "Here's a question." She asked me the question, and I said, "Gordon Brown." And she showed me the poll. I was like, "My God!" So fifty-six percent of people wanted Gordon Brown parachuted back in. I know. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously politically. I mean, I actually said Tony Blair would have handled it fine. I mean, to be honest, I think Theresa May would have probably handled it better. Than, I mean, so would, any of them would have handled it better than Boris. Oh yeah. But the problem is, because Theresa May, for all her kind of incompetence, she didn't have any like there was no sleazy scandals around Theresa May. It was all just like her incompetence and I, her lack of personality. There was nothing. There was nothing wrong with her. I mean, she wasn't. I mean, obviously, you and I are not Tories, so anyone that's a Tory, you think there's a sort of element of moral bankruptcy there. But she wasn't mired in sleaze and no. accusations of sleaze the way that Cameron was. No. Um, I, I, I think. Does, but... And I think the thing with uh, with Theresa May is she was she was the prime minister at the wrong time, you know, in the sense yeah. that Brexit needed a flexibility of thinking and an ability to negotiate and and um, be able to sort of basically box really clever to be able to play mm. off numerous inter- uh, numerous interests off each other to be able to get the best result for yourself that's not Theresa May Theresa May is like Gordon Brown give her yes. you know give She's her a pragmatic. straight line yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah give her a straight line and she will go straight down and, and you know give her a problem like the country is mired in a health crisis what do we do um, then she but, I mean the, fine. the problem is I cannot think of a worse British politician um, than Boris to be the the leader of this current situation that we're in. I mean, I can't think of anyone who's reached leadership status. No, no, I mean, there's people like Mark Mark Francois and people like that would be pretty awful. It's been days and so. But but I'm just yeah, in those... terms of like prominent politicians, I cannot think of a worse. As much as like you and I slag off Michael Gove, he would have done a better job than Boris. He would have at least have been comp. Boris yeah. is just it's just. At utterly mired in sleaze and incompetence. Michael yeah. Gove just had danced about a nightclub in Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, you would have still had, like, under someone like Cameron, you would have still had all the corruption. That of would course. have still all happened, those VIP lanes. Any conservative, but, to be honest, prime minister would have done that. But, but the communication would have been clearer. That's the yes. problem. When you've got someone that's not good, I mean, they always say Boris is not a details man. That this is when you need someone who's all across their brain. They know exactly what they're talking about. And yeah. Boris never knows what he's talking about. No. Every, every no. I mean, people like people were aghast when he made that conference speech a couple of weeks ago when he talked about Paper Pig World and he just went, Forgive me, forgive me. That's not too dissimilar to what most of his speeches are like anyway. <laughs> it was just it was just much worse than usual. But that is kind of a, like a, a just a kind of a slightly amped up version of what he does most of the time anyway. Yeah, and I think I think what you saw there though was the difference between you're right, you're hundred percent right, but I think what you saw there was the difference between the theatrical pretending not to know what mm. you're doing and not and genuinely not knowing what you're doing. doing. Well, it was yeah. just very because we've not recorded since that happened. No, and um, it was very telling that he was making that speech to the business leaders in the north, and you could tell he clearly didn't know what he was. He was literally just reading off a piece of paper because yes. if you or I were going to give a big speech like that, we'd prepare it. And if we yes. lost place in our speech, you'd be able to wing it because you would know roughly what you were talking about. You would have a kind yes. of interest and an idea of what you were talking about. But he was just, he just stopped. It's like, uh, forgive me, forgive me for, for about 20 seconds. 
Yeah. Instead of just improvising or making a joke about it, he couldn't be bothered. It was almost like he just couldn't be bothered. No, and there is that element. I think one of the one of the things that I'm hoping anyway, hoping against hope is probably the most accurate version is that he seems like I don't think we're gonna live to see him fight an election. No. I mean I mean probably still alive. I mean not politically yeah. live to fight another election. Um uh, but the the idea of Boris being prime minister was he would be able to monetize that when he finished more even than Tony Blair has or or David Cameron has. You know, that idea that he would be a worldwide celebrity who would be able to, you know, to have all these lecture tours and he would be on television, have his own TV series doing lots of different things and, you know, probably get a Netflix deal and a Spotify deal and, and, and all these kind of things, which were probably planned for Boris along with the book deals to write books about Shakespeare and, and probably one about Hitler and one about blah, blah, blah. And if the next few weeks goes or months go as they look like for him, then maybe none of that is on the table mm. quite as it once was. He'll still get yeah. a massive book deal. He'll still get yeah. his column back at the, 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 the Telegraph. But he might not be this omnipresence. No, I don't think so. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, he might have to disappear off to America and go on Fox News or something, which would, mm. which would be a blessing because we would never have to see him. Uh, That's true. Uh, but I do think that we're in that ca- we're in that territory now where, uh, you know, in the same way that I mean, don't get me wrong, Blair's earned an awful lot of money, Cameron's earned an awful lot of money, but in terms of being in the public eye, they're kind of seen as pariahs. We yeah. don't see that much of them, you know, because they're both aware, or their people are both aware that they are not public favorites, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way that Gordon Brown, in a sense, can be. Gordon Brown can come out with these op-eds and he can be interviewed on television. Not all the time, but he can come across. And John Major can do it as well as this elder statesman that the country kind of goes, oh, right, okay. Interesting point. Yeah. Maybe Johnson isn't going to be given that no. level of gravitas, which obviously he does not deserve. But... I mean, he doesn't deserve, even, he's the current Prime Minister, he doesn't deserve the level of gravitas and respect he's shown by so many in the media. No, he really doesn't. They just constantly talk about him. I mean, and, they, and I, I hate the fact, I was listening to a BBC podcast the other day, and they, they keep, this is an expression they keep using, they're like, you know, Tory voters and Tory MPs, they knew that this kind of behaviour was priced in with this kind of politician. <laughs> You're like, so you're basically just saying it's all right for him to be like that because that's just the way he is. It's priced yeah. in. This kind of scandal and this kind of behaviour and this kind of raising disregard for the public, it's just priced in with Boris. And it's like, why is that accepted? It wouldn't be accepted with any other prime minister or politician for that matter. I mean, I know we talk about this all the time, but you think of the, the flag that Jeremy Corbyn used to get for being a bit scruffy. And then you look at the state of Boris. You look at the nick of Boris. You know, he went to remain. I sent you a picture of like some remembrance to that he went to, and he oh. looked utterly disgraceful. I mean, I mean, and you like... think, and you, but you also think as well. We, we talked about it at the time when Nicola Sturgeon was under fire for that. She couldn't remember what day she'd spoken to Alex mm. Salmond. People didn't even know what happened there. And I remember the BBC News for about three or four nights ran full hour-long specials discussing that and discussing how her career could very soon be over. But this stuff with Boris, it's like it's five minutes at the start, then it's on to something else. I know it's crazy. Nobody's bothering. No, I mean, I mean, admittedly, at least it looks like the worm is starting to turn. I think that 
that we've been waiting an awful long time for it. So we've got it to does. take that. It's just it a does. shame that potentially as a result, thousands of more people will die. Uh, yeah. I don't really That's think true. that. I'd rather it be the other way around, to be honest. I'd rather we'd be stuck with Boris for another year mm. or two and people stay alive. But yeah, we, me too. we've got to take what we can, I suppose. Uh, right. We're almost finished for today, listener. Uh, but we always like to end on something something nice, something that that, that the world may like. Uh, do you have any recommendations for people? Um, well, I went to see Ghostbusters last night, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Excellent. I like Paul Rudd, as you know, very much. Uh, very yes, funny. you do. A little nostalgia. I also sat through almost nine hours of The Beatles making Let It Be. Have you watched that yet? Have you watched Get Back? It's two and a half hours for one episode. I can't, yeah, I can't dedicate I two and a half hours to that. I watched it all in two days. No, it's not. I don't have two days. Have I you don't not watched any of it at all then? No, because I, 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 I want to watch the whole episode at once. I do have, obviously, as Christmas approaches, yeah. 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, You get that, that weird dead time between Christmas and New Year. Watch That's where then. I'm hoping that I will have some time where I, I just don't have anything I mean, it, to do. I mean, it is phenomenally, it's phenomenally compelling. Yes. It's, it's really... I mean, I really if want you're a fan, to watch it. Yeah, if you're a fan of the Beatles and you're interested in music, and I mean, it's just it's things like the trose. There's like there's one bit, and because there's captions will come up occasionally to tell you what's going on, and there's like a bit when Paul is just sitting on an amplifier, fiddling about in his bass, and it just comes up in this the cap. It says the Beatles haven't released a single in six months at this point. This is the moment where Paul writes their new single, and you realise that he's farting about, and all of a sudden you're like, he's writing "Get Back." And you can hear him doing like the baseline to get back, and then the others start joining in, and it's like, wow! It's just seeing that on camera. It's it's just amazing, and, and, and watching them playing and watching mm. them doing that with other songs as well, like working their way around other songs that you know really well. It's just, but it's and it's also it's the chemistry between them. Like mm. at that point, you can tell that George Harrison is fed up. Like <laughs> he fed, he keeps he's basically writing a song every day. He's coming in, he's playing a song, and then John and Paul are both like, ah, that's fine. But we're not going to use it, obviously. And you actually can you can see there because they talk about Yoko being the reason the Beatles split up. But you can just see like all it was was really George was just fed up. You can tell that. Mm. I mean, answer me this though: mm-hmm. if it's a nine-hour special, mm-hmm. why can't they just make nine one-hour episodes of it? I don't know. They probably, they probably could have done to make they could have split. What I don't understand is why they released it over three days. They just brought each. I mean, I watched them all day by day. Um, it could have been made into an eight or nine episode thing, yeah. and they just released it once a week, like they do with the other stuff, like the well, Marvel shows, and Star Wars shows. Exactly. Yeah. Who has time for three two and a half hour films in the space of three days? Do you know? What I mean, I like, know. I mean, and you can set that time aside, and, and you know, you've got you're lucky in the sense that I don't know, I mean, lucky in a, in a, in a, you've managed to build your sort of business up in a way that you can do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As you, we worked very hard at it. And, and yes. you know, you're able to do that, you know, which is a great thing. No, I'm just lucky. To you, but, I, I, but, I know. I mean, those like, people, people who work normal office hours would struggle yes. to watch three, two and a half hour films. It's more than that. It's about two hours, 50 minutes each one. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, yeah. why? Just, just, just give us an hour and a night, Peter. I don't know what he was thinking because, like, there's no way you would go to the cinema to watch nine hours of that. And I can't imagine going no. to see that three times at the cinema. And, and it's, you know not, what, it's not especially cinematic. No. Obviously. And do you know what part of my problem is? Is that, you know, if they just released it as the Beatles get back, it's a three, three you know, um, feature length uh, episodes about the Beatles making, making the Let It Be album. 
And that's all it was. But because they put directed by Peter Jackson, and he made me sit through I know. the nine-hour Hobbit. <laughs> but the thing is, at no point are you thinking, this feels like a Peter Jackson film. Because it doesn't. Right. It's it's not... Peter, Peter Jackson just assembled some footage. He hasn't... Yeah. There's nothing... There's no CGI orcs in it or anything like that. <laughs> there's no stupid chase scenes down a waterfall in a river with like a fat thing in a barrel. No, none of that's there. The Empire gets five stars too. Which, no, which, nothing like that. Which could only have improved it. Uh, but what, last thing from, from me and my record. What about yourself? Yeah, what about you? Uh, I mean, it's something that's been on for a while and I'm, I'm a bit, I'm late to it because I was late to Disney Plus is um, that I watched the last episode yesterday of um, only murders in the building, ah. which, to be quite frank, is is probably you know certainly Ted Lasso aside. Well, I uh, quite like the f- I love the fact that that's two because I told you about that and Ted Lasso. Yeah, and you were but, but because of Apple Plus and because of Disney Plus, you were like, eh, I don't think I will, and I yeah. just feel like that's two. I, I don't want to say victories, but that's two ones that I've said to you. Please watch these. I know you like them, yes. and you've really liked both of them. Oh, it's but, really good. It's I, phenomenal. And uh, it's the the last episode is it's worth it. I mean, on so many levels, just watching Martin Short yeah. just have a lead role is just wonderful. But Martin la- Short has not Martin Short has not been doing enough stuff since Inner Space. No, he really has. I absolutely love Martin Short. I, mean, I uh, love Steve Martin. I already knew I love Steve Martin, but watching that, I was just like, why is Martin Short not in more things? He's just so good. Anyway, and, carry on. Sorry. And sorry, watching in the very final episode again. It, it doesn't need any plot spoilers for me to say this is. Is probably the funniest Steve Martin performance since Rupert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in that last Rupert from Dirty Martin Scoundrels. Yeah. Just in case but anyone hasn't seen it. But there's, the, but there's some like, you messaged me the other day, you, there was an episode that's taken from the point of view of this deaf character that's almost yes. entirely, you just get a very slight soundtrack to it. You can hear kind of mumbling. But that's a phenomenal episode as well. Yeah. It feels At first I was like, oh, it's a bit gimmicky. But then I was like, no, this is really good, actually. This is really, this is like, they should get an Emmy for this. This is fantastic. Exactly. And the good thing is they've just started filming Series 2 last week, so there is I another know. season coming, which and, is exciting. And, and very last thing, just before we leave you, listener, I'm just wondering, Ian, are you still on Spotify? I am still on Spotify, yes. And what was your most, list, who was your most listened to artist of 2021 since the release that I think the nation needs to know? No. Um, my most listened to artist? Well, can I blame you for this? Please do. I'm wondering if it's the same as yours. I blame you for mine because it shouldn't be my number one. Who do you think my number one? I blame you about halfway through this year. It's your fault. I'm going to bet yours is Michael Jackson. And mine is Michael Jackson because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had Michael Jackson in my top ten on Spotify, but because you and I did this, we did it on that for this podcast twice. Yes, we did. we did that of listening to every album and listen. And I think it's probably because I listened to Dangerous so many times. But Michael Jackson was my number one artist. Oh, what about Michael, you? Michael Jackson was my fifth highest artist oh. my oh. highest artist and it's you wouldn't guess it i don't think oh, minute, minute. Spent all day you would get foxes <laughs> no it's a legendary musical figure uh chris ria <laughs> even more legendary than the great man ria mm, phil collins oh he was fourth i think or third he was third wow um it's sorel and john Oh, wow. I would not have guessed that. No, I wouldn't have guessed it either. Apparently, I listened to Elton John for the equivalent of two days solid. Blimey, Full 48 hours worth of Elton John I must have listened to throughout the calendar year. Wow. I did love that. That I mean, it was actually a number one hit this year. That Cold Heart 
thing that he did with Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa, yes. We have uh, uh, Julie, my wife likes that. that song and it's that's his lockdown sessions is a really good album. Some yeah. really good songs on that. Um, it's, and, and I, I went, I did do, I did the same thing with him that I did with Michael Jackson, which is I went back to the beginning yeah. of his career and listened to every album. So uh, he's had more albums than Michael Jackson, so it took that's a while true. longer. Well, that's uh, interesting. But yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. listener, we will leave you on. Listen to some Elton John. Listen to some Michael Jackson. Watch some Ghostbusters Afterlife. Watch some Beatles. Watch some Only Murders in the Building, and try and forget about the the shabby state of the country. Yeah, go for it, guys. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.